Father, we thank you for. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for those that have taken time out of their day to spend time with us to worship you. We just thank you for this opportunity, God, to look into your word. We ask that our hearts, our minds, and our very uh, ears will be very attentive to your word. That will fall into the good soil of our hearts, gain great root and grow thereby. So, Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for all things in Jesus' name. Amen. All righty. We are now on to our next episode of our series. One team, one vision, one mission and one voice. Let's say that. One team, one vision, one mission, and one voice. We have covered team. We finished vision. And so now let's talk about mission. Mission is the process that we're getting ready to cover. We have talked about this for the past nine episodes. And so now as we get ready to go into this, when we first started, we looked at the oneness that God had established and how he took what was very characteristic of himself operating in this oneness and this unity. And we looked at that and we talked also about the power of oneness. We looked at the Tower of Babel. We talked about the uh, infilling of the Holy Spirit. We talked about God's oneness being uh, the formation for a team. And we talked about how the smallest denomination of a team is two. We looked at how every part of a team is essential to the success of the team. And then we looked at how vision becomes a part of helping this oneness, this this teamness, this this uh, formation of individuals together to proceed forward. We talked about how vision allows us to see beyond where we are presently to the future to where God wants us to go. So as we looked at that, we talked about how when Jesus died, that the Bible says that God poured out his spirit upon all flesh. And because of that, we all now have the capacity to have vision. We also brought out how vision has a hierarchy in that there is a leader that God gives overall vision. And then he brings people as part of that team with vision that helps to support the main vision of the organization. So as we looked at all that, we now come to the next little phase as we have been walking through this. 
But before we go specifically into mission, I just want to rehearse the definitions with you again so that it starts becoming a part of your thinking. First definition that we have been discussing is one. One is uh, single by union, undivided, the same, whole, and united. We talked about team, a number of persons that are associated together in work or activity. Under team, we, we talked about symbiosis, a, a mutual beneficial relationship between different people or groups. We talked about collaboration. Two or more people working together toward shared goals. We talked about vision being the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. And now here we are. Mission. Mission is a specific task with which a team or a group is charged. Just as simple. It's, it's a task with which a person, a group, a team, an organization is charged. And so let's look at that. And I want us to first look at uh, Genesis, the second chapter. We're going to look at the 15th through the 20th verses in the English Standard Version. But I also want to bring out this other aspect of in the church circles when we talk about mission we talk about being sent out being uh, launched to go into other places in order to execute whatever we have been tasked or charged with uh, you've heard of missionaries one that has been given the mission. So that is the person being sent out or given this task or mission. So don't just limit uh, the word missionary to someone going across the waters or, or doing something like that. It is also you as a person that are operating in a mission. So there's Missions that are what we call foreign, outside the continent that you're operating on, and there are domestic, those that you do that are interior, that are a part of where you are located. So let's look at Genesis, the second chapter, and the 15th verse. And as we look at this, I want to give some quick background. We are... In the second book of Genesis, the second chapter of the book of Genesis, and what we are looking at now is that God has formed the man, as it was explained in the first chapter, but now we're going a little bit further into it and looking at what God charged the man to do. And it says in verse number 15 of Genesis number 2, it says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely 
die. Then the Lord said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now, out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. As we look at this scripture, this is the first time that we see mission is being given. Remember, mission is a task or charge that is given to an individual team or group. So what was Adam's mission? First of all, his mission was to take care of and work in the Garden of Eden. And then his Subtask was to ensure that everything in the garden had a name. It says that God would form something. It would walk in front of Adam and Adam would say hippopotamus, rhinoceros, snuffleupagus, whatever he was naming. That's what it became. I would even go far as that he even had the scientific names that I can't tell you any of them right now, but I think Adam was smart enough that he even came up with the scientific names, but that's just my personal opinion on that. So he would say the whatever all that is, and we just call it the elephant. And we know there's different types of elephant, but Adam had all that together. But he would do all this. That's what his, his, his task was. This is what he was charged with. And so sometimes we can actually lose focus to what we are tasked to do. We start maybe looking around and seeing things going on. And we're like, well, this is all I'm doing. But remember, because this oneness means that we're also part of a team, we have an effect on how the whole organization functions. Just think if Adam would have decided one day not to name the next set or group of things that were coming through and what would have happened. We won't know because he did what everything he was tasked to do. And so looking in this a little bit deeper, we see that he named all the livestock. He named all the birds, every beast. And then... He did what God told him to do. And when he got done doing what God told him to do and coming to, it doesn't say this, but it implies this, that he realized that there was nothing there compatible to him. And so because we're focusing strictly on the mission, we won't go and talk about when God created the woman, but this is what I think what a lot of us men miss is the fact that Adam was working before he started searching. Adam was doing before he brought somebody along or God allowed somebody to come alongside him. Adam had established a work habit, a work ethic, as it is called, in order 
to have everything ready for when his companion came along. So it's not something just made up that they saying that, you know, if you're a man that you should be working, that you should already have established things. It is a process that God has established so that you can set up and have established for helping somebody. One of the things that we have had the privilege of doing is taught, uh, teaching some marriage classes. And one of the things that uh, that I like to bring out is the fact that we talk about that, you know, uh, you should be complete before you get into a relationship. You should know who you are. You should know what your purpose is. You should know these things before you get involved with somebody else. Why? Because a lot of times if we are not complete within ourselves, we try to bring somebody else in to help complete us. But that just don't happen like that. That just causes more complications. Let's take it like this. Let's say that you as an individual are a one liter bottle. If we take and your one liter bottle is half full and you go and decide to go and uh, become a part of another person, which is a one liter bottle. Now, it doesn't mean and they only have 50 percent full. So if we had the process of being able to make y'all really one body, taking the consciousness from two people and making it into one body, then that would have. 100%. But because we don't, if we combine y'all together, that would make a two liter, right? Y'all with me? And if you only have 50% in one in the one liter, 50% in the other liter, guess what you're going to have in the two liter? 50%. Ain't that something? So being half and them being half don't make it full. It still makes you only half. And so we want to make sure that we're complete so that when we come alongside someone that we become an asset and not a liability. All right, let me get the car back on the main street. That alley needs to, needs to be uh, needs to be looked at when we start talking about marriage. But as we look at this, God gave Adam a mission. First thing, you're going to work the garden of Eden. You're going to live there. You're going to name everything. You're going to do this work. He does the work. He even gave him some restrictions. Do not touch. Do not. Adam, don't mess with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Just, just stay away from it. And we know from reading that Eve was breathed by Adam because of that part of the story. But we're not going to go into that today. But the thing that I really want to point out is that God gave him specific tasks and he executed it. And we can look at different stories that we're going to mention over the next couple of weeks. But everybody, God gives us a mission, a task. And that task actually has some uh, component of the overall vision by which God designed us. So there's little steps along the way that prepares us for what God has ultimately created us for.
So let's look at the next scripture for today, and that's going to be Matthew, the 28th chapter. And we're going to look at the 18th through the 20th verses in that. And as we look at this, we looked at God giving the task to Adam. And now Jesus, after he has gone through his process of now reconciling us back to God, he now says, I got a mission for you. Matthew 28, starting with the 18th verse. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Mission, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So now Jesus gives this mission, this task to everyone that was around him at the time. First of all, he established his authority. He says, because I have done the father's will, I have been empowered to operate not only in heaven, but also on earth. He says, I have been given that authority. And because I've been given that authority, I now have the tasking ability to tell you what needs to happen. What needs to happen is for you to go and make disciples of all nations. I, I, I keep emphasizing that disciples are not members. Disciples are Followers. They are the disciplined ones. They are the ones that have grabbed hold of and gravitated to what Christ is all about. He says, baptizing them. Baptism, we know, is the outward expression of the inward change. So that they have changed because they have become these disciplined ones. And then it says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So the mission is to go, not have them come, but go to where people are. Making disciples, disciplined ones of all nations, not just the folks that you like. He says, when you're making them the disciplined ones, as you're working on their character, as you're working on establishing them, that you also make sure that they have an outward expression of this character that you are helping them to establish. And he says, we do this by teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. You remember the story whereby the young man came and said, you know, there's so many commandments but what is the greatest commandment and Jesus then he breaks down he says that you should love the Lord with all your heart your mind and your strength he says but wait a minute there's a 1a to this he says you got to love your neighbor as yourself and so as we look at this we see that the commandment is love the commandment the direction is love he said they will know that you are my disciples, not by what you have done, but by how you love 
one another. One of the things I think about when I think about this mission that Jesus gave them. You got to remember that these was all Jewish folks that he was talking to. And he's talking about going out to all nations. Now, I have to speculate that some of these Jews didn't understand totally what he meant by all nations. Because he, I know Jesus know we ain't finna go talk to the Samaritans because, you know, and we definitely ain't gonna talk to the Gentiles. So he must mean all the nations of Israel. Oh, that's pretty simple. It's 12 tribes. So, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. We can, do, we can do that. We can do that. But as we look at this, we realize, based upon Jesus' explanation of who the neighbor is, that this goes beyond what they were thinking at that time. In fact, we have discussed and we have looked at the fact that Peter had to get this vision from God, had to get this revelation from God, that whoever or whatever God has created, you don't call common or unclean. That you have to have a different mindset because this is not about this outward appearance. This is this inward effect that's going to cause an outward change. It's not about the ceremonies. It's about this internal thing that we have going on. And then Jesus Closes out this by he says, and hold on, I just want you to know that I'm with you always, even to the end of this age. And so as we look at this part, we see that the mission for us is to go and make disciples, teaching them to observe. And knowing that God is with us, that the Spirit leads us and guides us, but He's with us wherever we go. And so the next verse that we want to talk about is Acts 1 and 8. Not only did He give you the mission, but He also, in giving you the mission, gave you the ability to effect the mission, to actually action into the mission. So Acts 1 and 8, ESV says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Ju Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So not only do you get this task, but you also get the ability. You will receive power, the innate ability when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be the witnesses, you will be those dis disciplined ones that can go forth and you will go forth in Jerusalem. Now, the problem was they liked Jerusalem a lot because that was common to them. They hung out. They loved that. Judea, you know, kind of. Uh, 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 uh. Samaria. Wait a minute, Lord. You, ho, ho, ho. And, and they're thinking that's the end. So, but he's saying it to the uttermost parts. So well, I thought that was the end of the earth. But no, he was talking about the entire earth. Because he, the vision was to proclaim this gospel to the entire world. The mission was you start where you are. 
you use what you got, you do what you can, and it will cause you to go forward incrementally to affect the lives of all those that you encounter. Because that's what we want to do. We want to cause an effect to all those that we encounter. So now this is not just a New Testament thing. This is something that God has always wanted us to do. This mission has always been in effect. This mission has always been God's desire. Remember when he called forth the children of Israel, he says, I want you to be an example of how a theocracy can operate in the earth. But they wanted to look like everybody else. So if we look at First Chronicles, the 16th chapter, the 23rd through the 24th verses, it says this. It says, sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the people. This is Old Testament. He's always wanted us. The mission has always been for us to go forth, has always been for us to tell, has always been for us to be an example to the other nations. You know, uh, when I was growing up, you all, if, the, if the coach had someone on the team that was like his son or his daughter, when he would do an example, he would always bring his kid up there. And most of the time, why? Because the kid has spent, or the child has spent time with the coach. And so the technique has been has more time to percolate in, the, in that child. And so when they show an example, it will be a better example. Now, a couple of times, a couple of coaches called their son or daughter up there, and they just wasn't athletic. And so when they would do it, he would have to give them additional instruction at that time in order so that the rest of us could get a good understanding of how we were supposed to execute it. And so there's always this opportunity to be this example. God has always wanted to have this example in the earth. One more scripture. It's Psalms, the 96th chapter. We're going to look at that third verse. Again, he's saying, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. So this is not something new. This didn't just start with Jesus. God's desire has always been for us to tell his goodness. Our mission has always been the task that we've always had when we become citizens of the kingdom of God is to tell others about the goodness of the kingdom. He said, go therefore and Make disciples of all nations. How do we make these disciples, these disciplined ones? By having interaction, by showing, by spending time with, by mentoring, so that they can get an understanding. This mission is not just for a moment. This mission is an eternal mission. This is something that we are directed to do. This is the one mission that God wants us to acknowledge and to do. To go, therefore. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Go, therefore, make disciples baptizing. Go, therefore, make disciples baptizing, teaching 
And he says, through all this, I'm going to be with you. You're not doing this by yourself. I'm helping you. I'm assisting you. I am doing everything that will make it be a success. So as we look at Adam, when he got the first and he did it, he had success. His success was so good that he got the woman. We, as we do this, as we go forth with this mission that God is giving us, as we continue to do it, what we will produce is folks like us that are serving God. Now, if you caught what I just said, we want to make sure that the like us is not something that's disliked by us, but that is like what we know God likes. I used about 50 likes on you, didn't I? So we want to be an example. We want to be or birth or help or assist folks to become more like Jesus and not like us with our idiosyncrasies and our issues. But we want to help them to conform to the image of Christ so that they live a life that glorifies the Father. So that's what we want to do. Our mission is to go forth and make disciples of not just a few, but all nations. Everyone that we encounter, everything should be about the kingdom and how we can help to expand it. So next week we're going to look a little bit deeper at specific individuals and how they've accomplished their missions. We're even going to talk about somebody that got a mission and didn't want to do it. And then what happened to him? Because he was a hard head. But with that said, we're going to go ahead and call it a day for today. Father, we thank you for this chance, this opportunity to look at the mission that you've given us. For your vision is that all men would be saved. And so we want to operate in the mission that you've given us of going, therefore, and making disciples of all nations. This is not something, God, that you came up with Jesus, but it has been a desire of yours that all nations will come to serve you. So, Father, we thank you for this opportunity. And as we operate as this team with this vision, executing this mission that we will glorify you in all things that your kingdom will come and that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven we thank you and honor you for it in your son jesus name we pray amen